Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. You know, it occurs to me that some kind of expert, I should probably have set my lineups before I did this show, but I'm counting on the fact that I got a little bit of time after. Better not run too long, I suppose. Hey, what's everybody? What's up, everybody? He should say, if Dan could remember how to talk. It's week three of the weekly lineup show, the week ahead preview. I am joined, as always, by D-Ball B-Ball. Derek, good day to you, sir. I hope that it's okay that I introduce you as just D-Ball B-Ball at this point. Oh, absolutely. Give the people what they want. If If that's how they want to know me, then that's what I'll answer to. So does that mean that your first name is just D or is it D ball or is it D ball B? Well, you know, I, I, I gotta, I gotta throw it out there. My sister's actually who we call D. So if you, if you yell out D, I'm probably not going to respond <laughs> due to a life of just knowing that someone else, but Hey, if, uh, if we're, we're going to do that, then let's, uh, let's roll with it. Yeah. Call, I'm me, gonna... D, call me D ball B ball. Just don't call me late for dinner. I'm going to call, I'm going to say that your first name is D ball B. Okay. And your last name is Ball, so that All would right. then make you part of the Big Baller brand. Feeling feeling pretty good about yourself with that little. As long as I can collect some royalties off of that, I, I think that's a deal. Yeah, pretty good revelation here to start the show. Welcome in everybody. I am Dan Vespers at Dan Vespers on social. He is at D Ball B Ball, and we're going to be looking at week three. And for those that are uh, new to the program, Derek is an expert at the week ahead he writes the week ahead piece at sports ethos that's in the fantasy pass but he also has a nice little primer to get you going over on social media and so that's actually where we're going to start this week uh where well maybe that'll be the second thing we do i do want to get it on the screen so people can start to look at that um you can go find him there you can see it on the the page if you're watching with us on on youtube chat room by the way also open if you guys have any questions for derek uh towards the end of his appearance here on the show um first things first What's the overarching theme of week three? I feel like we're now, we're into we're into streaming land now. I, I don't feel like there's any real, because like week one, it was no. Week two, it was kind of. Week three, it feels like go ahead. No? Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. Uh, one of the big things that's kind of pushing me in that direction right now is the fact that we're looking at a six-day week because you got election day in the States tomorrow, something that I didn't know when I looked at the schedule, but uh, it was fairly <laughs> obvious to me once I uh, did a little bit of research. So you're getting a little bit more of a condensed schedule that's going on right now. There are uh, several uh, game days where you actually see double-digit uh, games being played. You've got three uh, days that are uh, 10 games or more, and another one Friday, which is uh, nine games. So really, I think you could call it like a get in where where you fit in kind of a streaming opportunity here. Um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. Basically, I'm expecting most people's uh, starting lineups to be filled with their regular roster uh, players, the, the guys that they're holding every single week. Not really a lot of streaming opportunity there, but obviously there will be some need for some teams to fill in some spaces. Uh, thankfully, having so many play, uh, teams uh, playing on those days, uh, really, it's just the best player available stream right now. Uh, the exceptions being Thursday, uh, a two-game day, and Saturday, uh, a four-game day, where really uh, there's a very, very limited um, value uh, set to, to pull from. And among that group, you're, there's going to be a lot of competition. We'll call it a gold rush for those players, because really, if everyone's playing a mostly even schedule, uh, the only way to get a competitive advantage, which I would define as having a games played advantage over your opponent, is to be one of those people that has more players active on Thursday and Saturday. 
So I think if you're looking at your lineups versus your opponents this week, if you're anywhere near a tie with them in t- as far as games played, you have to be targeting people that are active on Thursday and Saturday. Do you make a move with that in mind today, or do you wait until Thursday to, to jump at that? Well, it depends on how competitive of a league you're in. I'm going to assume that everyone's in a competitive league and that everyone in those leagues is listening to sports ethos and, and realizing that yeah, you know, there is a fair, you know what I mean? I, I think if you're in a competitive league, there is no time to wait. You got to go now because everyone's going to be targeting those days. I mean, if you're if you've looked at the schedule at all this week, you must know by now that those are the days that you have to really get an edge in. And so, if you're in an active league, you should assume that the other managers are looking at the same players you are for Thursday and Saturday. And sometimes it's just better to get them early. There are some teams that actually let you cover your early week, your Monday and your Wednesday, uh, while still getting ready for that first game on Thursday. Uh, and it's definitely advisable to go for those teams. Um, but again, you're you're picking from a fairly limited pool right now. You can basically the Bucks are your best option if you want to ride it out for the entire week, uh, while having a move that will cover your two week game days. Um, but it's entirely possible for you know for an attentive manager to just take a two game stream on the Monday Wednesday and then flip their players for someone from the Hawks Bucks or Magic, uh, and cover both the Thursday and the Saturday with just that one move. I'm going to leave it up to those managers to judge whether that's something they can do right away or whether that's something they're going to wait a couple of days to do. But I say err on the side of caution when there's so much riding on having those games. Yeah, if you're full already today and Wednesday, what is is there an advantage to to making your Thursday moves now or does it make more sense to just to like, you know, wait and see if your guys are playing on Monday and Wednesday and and act accordingly in that fashion? What's your what's your move if you're already full? Oh, if you're full, then absolutely go nuts. You're going to stash them anyway. You don't plan to use them, but you might as well have them there when you need them. Um, if you don't lose anything for gaining them or for adding them on Monday, then I, you know, I see, I see no reason to, you know, call that a concern. Uh, if you do end up needing them, then yeah, you know what, you're accepting the the risk that you might've wasted a move, uh, that could have been used later on, but I would rather trust that, uh, that my lineups are going to be filled that, you know, I can't predict injuries. I can't know if someone's going to be in and out of the lineup. So I'm going to assume they're fully healthy and assume that it would be safe to, uh, if I know I'm going to be full, make my moves for Thursday on Monday. So let's take a moment here to go through some of what you have in your uh, Twitter thread. Um, Week three streaming strategy. I'm going to read a little bit for those that are listening after the fact, not watching live and can't see it on their screen. Indiana and Milwaukee have a perfect start to the week. You write, this is, this is the quote, by the way, uh, they will be active every possible day until Friday. Long stream any rotation players such as Aaron Neesmith, Bobby Portis, Jay Crowder, Jalen Smith, Malik Beasley, Obi Toppin. As we start to move through this, you mentioned that most of the league plays Monday and Wednesday. No games on Tuesday, so you're looking at best player on the Monday-Wednesday, such as guys like Kobe White, Denny Avdia, Dylan Brooks, Grant Williams, Herb Jones, Josh Hart, Nas Reed. Uh, I don't want to read the entire thing verbatim, um, mm-hmm. but you did mention here, once you get to Thursday, Atlanta, Milwaukee, and Orlando are active and play again after a rest day. Guys like Bogdan Bogdanovich, Cole Anthony, DeAndre Hunter, Jay Crowder, Jalen Suggs, Malik Beasley, Mo Wagner, Sadiq Bey. What about as you get into Friday, Saturday, Sunday? What should folks be planning ahead? Because that's kind of where I, I paused here. That and people can read it from your uh, your thread. Sure. But can you talk us through, like, how many moves would you say you should still have when you get to Friday? Because I'm assuming you want people to make a move on Thursday if they didn't use it already earlier in the week. 
Absolutely. Well, I mean, my general rule um, is that by the time you're getting to Sunday, you should have one or no moves left if you do plan to be an aggressive streamer. So we are coming up on the on the cutoff point for you know, for making moves and having them actually be valuable. Uh, if you do plan to use all of your moves, I think I would plan to have uh, maybe one one move left after uh, Friday. The best option for Friday has got to be the Celtics because they're on a back to back, um, which presents quite an ideal situation for managers that do have that space to make a second move after Saturday night wraps up um, because they will be able to flip that player um, for one more streamer on Sunday. The Celtics are the only team on a Friday, Saturday back-to-back. -back, so if that is the route you, you want to go, it's again, one of those things where you might want to grab them early. For me personally, I'm going to start looking at Celtics players on Wednesday uh, if I'm not trying to fill any um, holes in my roster on, uh, on Monday. And really and truly, I know I did say that uh, Indiana and Milwaukee are, you know, the perfect schedule teams of this week. Boston is about as close as you can get, and they are a really great consolation prize for anyone that does want to make those early moves and just kind of long stream for the whole week because they are on a four-game schedule, effectively on two back-to-backs with only one game in between. The only problem is that day in between is a really soft schedule day, so that's kind of why I kind of faded them a little bit and why I'm not looking at them as urgently until Wednesday where you can get that three and four. Um, really for me, if, uh, if I'm looking at making moves on Friday, I'm not opposed to making two moves on the same day. If you do have, uh, the space in your roster to do that, most teams that play on Friday also play on Sunday. So effectively I have met my criteria for making a valuable streaming move, which is one move translates to two games. Um, there's not a lot of follow-up moves to be made after that. So I, I you know, I, I could even break my rule in having moves left over for Sunday. If I know that the right guys will be there for me to do both Friday and Sunday. There's not really any opportunity to flip that player if you roster them for Friday um, and, and really get too much value out of it, um, unless you know that you're moving into the Saturday-Sunday back-to-back with the Warriors or with the Heat. Now, their rotations are not always the most consistent. Their bench players are not always the most productive, so I'm going to leave that up to managers to decide whether that's their best option. Um, and they do have, uh, you know, a lot of variability in their rotations. So for me, I think I'm happy if I've used up all my moves by Friday, knowing that those Friday moves could, if planned well, get me two games. Do you ever plan to have a move left over on Sunday to, to try to churn out some extra stuff for the following week? Or is that just a luxury that pops up every once in a while? Well, it's it's a luxury for sure. I mean, if, if possible, I'd love to have my cake and eat it too. Sometimes I just have a roster that's really chugging along and doing so well that uh, that there is no reason to uh, to really look at streaming uh, until the end of the week. And really at that point, I'm only using my moves in order to get kind of bonus plays for the next week. So if you're one of those teams that already knows that, you know, you're in a really comfortable position for the week, and, uh, and you don't really need those moves to, to help you get over for, um, you know, for this weekend, then it's perfectly uh, reasonable to, to look at making moves that carry you into week four. There are some teams that I did identify for that. And there's always kind of, you know, for me, given what I'm doing uh, with Sports Ethos, I'm always looking at least a week ahead. And so I know that, you know, there's, um, there's players from Chicago, from Milwaukee, from New York, uh, you know, from the Thunder or from the Wizards. Uh, who can actually get you that game on Sunday if you do need it. Uh, and then they can really set you up well for a strong play in uh, in week four because they're all playing on four-game weeks, have back-to-backs, you know, or basically all of those teams I just named are going to be in competition for best schedule or at least for competitive streaming purposes. Uh, so I'd be really comfortable if I did have a move uh, and I was kind of planning to turn that roster spot over just to kind of burn it on one of uh, one of the players from those teams.
Let's flip this over now and talk about the other side, because th this is how you maximize the games. Who are the teams that have a terrible schedule this week, and is there anything that folks can do to rectify that? Um, no, frankly, there there isn't. Oh. Uh, there are <laughs> there are three teams that I am sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but there, there's just no redeeming qualities to, to their schedules. So you've got the Cavs. Uh, they don't play until Wednesday, and then they don't play again until Saturday. Uh, you've got the Blazers. They don't play again or play until Wednesday, and then they don't play again until Sunday. And then you've got my Raptors uh, again, uh, Wednesday and then Saturday. So two games of waiting to start the week. Really, one game, I guess. We're gonna we're gonna factor out Election Day as a as a non-playing day. Um, but really, they don't play until Wednesday, and then they have another two-game break. So if we as streamers are looking at you know, kind of creating value with our moves. There's no way to create value because there's no two and three day period that you can exploit and really kind of make your moves stick together as one coherent, uh, you know, chain of events, I guess we'll call it. Um, this to me is the time to drop all of those players that are from those three teams. The, again, the Cavs, the uh, Raptors and the Blazers. If you have anyone from those guys, uh, from those teams near the bottom of your bench uh, in a head-to-head -head league right now, I, I probably wouldn't be holding on too tight. You have to really believe in those guys if you're going to hold on to them through a incredibly disadvantageous schedule week. Uh, and frankly, with some of the some of the talk I'm hearing around some players that might fit this criteria, Gary Trent Jr., for example, I uh, you know I'm not really feeling too optimistic about reasons to hold them. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario: you're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Boo, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Mm. Well, that's a that's a downer. And you're uh you're a Canadian, so I feel like that counts triple when you talk about Raptors. Isn't that isn't that Oh yeah? Yeah. yeah. That that's true, right? Yeah, I think so. At least, yeah. you know. Okay. Yeah, I just want to make sure I had that part right. Um what about Okay, so we've got some bad teams in there. What if, yeah. what if you have, and this is a tough one. I mean, this is a loaded question, and streaming is the, the short answer, but what if you are stuck with players on those teams that you can't get rid of? What if you have Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland on a team? What if you have, I don't know, Scotty Barnes and Donovan Mitchell on a team? Do you just have to wear it? Do you stream the crap out of your other roster slots? What do you do if you're in a situation like that? Or do you try or do you try to take a little bit of a long view in a situation like that? Because obviously you're not dropping those guys, but sure. maybe there's someone at the end of your bench that in a, a regular week you wouldn't use them as a streaming slot, but in this one maybe you would. Is there something you do differently if you're just coming into a week at a game's disadvantage? 
Because that's something I just came out of. Somehow I was at a game's disadvantage, like, by 11. I don't know how the hell that even happens in a regular league. That's that's absurd. There wasn't any amount of streaming I could have done to overcome an 11-game gap, especially when you consider the fact the dude I'm playing against would just stream right back at me if I started to do it. So what do you do in a situation like that? Just try to minimize your losses? Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's the the short way of putting it. Uh, just to go back to what you're saying, you know, if, you, if you're one of those people that has, you know, Donovan Mitchell, Scotty Barnes, Darius Garland, uh, you know, uh, any of those other stars from those teams, uh, first off, congratulations. You got some really good players. Uh, and I'm happy to tell you that if you have a player of that quality, it probably won't hurt you too much this week because they are going to be productive enough in two games with all likelihood that they are going to, you know, bring back top 100 value. Now, what you're going to need to do if you're going to try to compensate for that game's play disadvantage, frankly, you're not going to be able to if you're that guy that has Donovan Mitchell. You're probably not going to have that good of an odd or good odds of catching up to another team in scoring, for example. Your points probably just won't be up to up to snuff. But there are categories like blocks, like steals, like three-pointers, which if done properly and if you get the right specialists, which frankly steals and three-pointers off of the off of the waiver wire are very, very achievable, you know, categories, uh, you know, it's possible to come back. We call them high impact stat, uh, stats for a reason. And that reason is that it doesn't take as much of them to make a really big difference in fantasy. So frankly, yeah, if you're if you're behind the eight ball uh, by a considerable amount in uh, in terms of games played total, counting stats probably aren't going to be your thing this week. You're looking at uh, efficiency. You're looking at your shooting percentages, which frankly, it doesn't matter how much volume you have. You just want to make a higher percentage of shots than the other team, something that really can't be controlled, if, if anything, by uh, by streaming. Uh, you're looking at turnovers, which, again, if you have a game play disadvantage, you're probably going to be doing better in any way. Uh, you're looking at steals, you're looking at blocks, you're looking at threes. Now, not every team builds that way. Personally, I like to draft this way so that I'm always prepared for this. Um, but uh, if you are able to pivot towards any of those six categories, uh, well, six categories is more than enough to win. Uh, so uh, you just have to really make sure that you're focusing, frankly, almost exclusively on those areas if you're if you're at a considerable disadvantage by games played. Ideally, if you are streaming well, you can probably get in a bonus eight games out of your out of your stream if you're assuming that one stream equals two games uh, and you do it four times. But uh, again, like you were saying, there's no telling that the other manager won't do that. Uh, you might know your league a little bit better than I, I will, depending on who's listening here. But um, yeah, not every manager will stream back. So if you do think that you're playing against an inattentive manager or a manager that maybe just doesn't have that much flexibility with their roster right now, you know, a lot of those wait and see prospects that we're not sure if we should drop, we're not sure if we should hold. There's there's going to be some teams that are in decision paralysis right now. So you're going to have to judge what your league looks like and whether those, you know, those three counting stat categories are a possibility for you if they are. And if you think that that other manager might not be able to keep pace with you, uh, with the moves that you're making, then sure, go for it. But if it's me, every single time, I have to be I have to be looking at high-impact stat, uh, stats. I'm going to try to get a few questions from the chat room in here that yeah. are uh, sort of streamy or um, lineup-y related. Is that, that's a proper terminology. So Wayne says, should I start Mo Wagner or Kyle Anderson? Uh, I'm going to assume that this means in the near term as opposed to sort of like a games cap roto. I'll hit the games cap. I see your Games Cap Roto questions in the chat room. Don't worry, I'll get to those in a little bit. That'll be towards the end of the program, but I want to uh, use Derek's brain for these sure. sort of, you know, spur of the moment uh, <clears throat> nightly decisions. Which way do you lean on this one? I mean, in a vacuum, it's always going to be slow-mo for me. I'm a 
huge, huge fan of him. So Same. just in general, I'm always going to be advocating for for playing him. Uh, but then if you if you look at the schedules for the two teams, you've got slow mo in a four game week. Uh, slow mo Kyle Anderson, in case anyone missed that. Um, and then you've got the Magic, who are on a three game week. Um, so yes, the Magic do have that advantageous Thursday Saturday slate, but really you don't get much out of them until Thursday and Saturday. Whereas uh, you could realistically start Kyle Anderson all four uh, all four games. I would actually be happy to start him even if I did have a lineup full. I might actually be looking at making some tough decisions and taking one of my holds out in that scenario in order to start Kyle Anderson because he is so productive in all of those categories that I was just talking about, those high-impact areas. He is a three-point shooter. He is a good steal and block producer. He does have solid percentages. Uh, and, you know, I think that's the kind of guy that I love to target for a streamer. He can do a little bit of everything, and I'm, I'm pretty confident in that in a four-game week. All right, here we go. Should I start Walker Kessler versus Chicago or Kevon Looney versus Detroit? Oh, all right. So yeah. I got I got Pirtle versus Looney last week, and I, I felt uncomfortable about it, and I got Looney versus Kessler this week. All right. Um, I'm going to go Kessler. He Last time I got the, the chance to make a call for Kessler, it really worked out in my favor. Um, it was Kessler versus Jokic, I think, the last time you asked me about him, and uh, he really returned value there. The reason that I chose Kessler versus Jokic in that matchup uh, is because you, you just need, when you have an opposing center like a Jokic or like with the Bulls, Nikola Vucevic, uh, you just need someone who's you know very apt defensively in order to make that kind of shutdown play. Now, Looney versus Detroit, that you know that is intriguing. Uh, he's almost exclusively going to be asked to rebound, and frankly, I think it's going to be pretty hard to rebound when you're going against uh, Isaiah Stewart and Jalen Duran, who, frankly, I think, I, doesn't he get every rebound? Uh, I, I'm actually less confident in Looney than I might typically be, uh, and I know it's hard to ar argue for Kessler right now, but I just whenever you get a defensive specialist against an offensive player that you know is getting a lot of touches, I, I, th I think it's right to, to go in his favor. Next one on the board. I'm moving through us here a little bit. Um, I wanted to do... Here's one that's a question that... I'm not going to do this exact question, but um, this is a person who has Jalen Johnson and Onyeko Kongwu are basically their worst players. And he says, look, my plan right wow. now is not to stream unless injuries hit and trades don't really happen in his league. Is this a strategy that you can agree with? Because, I mean, I guess we don't really know the league, but... Those are two very, very good players to have at the very end of your bench. And I feel like I'm inclined to say, yeah, you can't you can't drop those guys to stream because the guys you're picking up are going to be so much worse. Absolutely. A hundred percent. You couldn't have said it any better. If those are your two worst players, then you're looking really good this year. Um, Jalen Johnson would be the one I would pick if you had to move on from one or the other. I'm just such a big advocate for Okongwu. I really love how he just continues to kind of flesh out his game. Uh, Jalen Johnson has been electric to start the season, but it does occur to me that this is his first real season of, of getting a lot of, uh, you know, touches and having that increased role. So he's not a sophomore, but it does occur to me that something like a sophomore slump could be in his future. I'm not going to tell you to drop him, though, because he is just simply too valuable right now, simply too productive and too useful to the Hawks as, a, you know, as kind of a multi-position player. Um yeah, no, it's uh, congratulations if those are your two worst players. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> it's a good spot to be in, but you're also, there's this there's this innate desire as a human, I want to make moves in my fantasy league. And if those are your two worst players, you're not going to get to make that many moves this year, especially if you're in a league where trades aren't happening. You're going to, like, if you want to open up a roster spot, you're going to have to sweeten the crap out of a trade. And, I, you know, I don't know exactly what that's going to take. 
Uh, Mattis says in a 10-category league where double-doubles is the 10th category, would you go Russell Westbrook or Kyle Kuzma today? Noting, by the way, or I will note, that James Harden is making his Clippers debut tonight. Yeah, so, I mean, that you said it right there. As soon as I saw Russ's name, it's like, well, I'm not picking him because I know that they're going to be doing the James Harden experiment tonight. Um, <laughs> and, I, many, I, and many I nights. Know. And many nights, yeah, exactly. I mean, he is the system, as they say, right? Or as he <laughs> He's says. not a system uh, player. He <laughs> is. A, that was... Exactly. That was special. So, I mean, you look at the, you look at a quote like that and then, you know, give me a reason to be optimistic about Russell Westbrook. I can't think of one. Um, he's probably going to, I mean, he's Russ, he's going to, he's going to go out and get his, but I don't think he's going to get it very efficiently. Uh, and I don't think he's going to get it in the same quantity or with the same amount of playing time. Uh, Kuzma, on the other hand, plays for the Wizards, who, as far as I know, they just roll the ball out there every single night and just whoever wants to shoot can shoot. Yep. Whoever go get wants it. To, yep. Go get it. You go know play, what? boys. I think the Wizards should pioneer a new type of, a new style of basketball where it's like the beginning of a game of dodgeball. You know, you just put the ball at the center. <laughs> Put the ball in the middle, and whichever dude on the Wiz gets it, they just get that first shot. Just do it over and over again, because that's kind of what it looks like is happening anyway. I think that's the only way to take a shot away from Jordan Poole or Kyle Kuzma, to be honest. But, you know, <sighs> with that in mind, if you know that Bad you're getting all basketball. the touches with, with Kyle Kuzma on the Wizards, then you got to go with him. It's, yeah. He's just in a much better situation than Russ is in right now. That is bad basketball out there. I hope they can get it cleaned up a little bit. I don't have that much faith, but it's still early. Things can happen. I'm not going to completely write them off, but there's... You know, it's one thing if you've got a take-turns offense where it's Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are your take-turns. Like, that's yeah. why the Clippers won whatever it was, 45 to 50 games, because you got two superstars trading off. But it's a little different when it's Kuz and Poole. Um, okay, so let me let me take us now to the end of my discussion with Derek for this week, and that is... What if you got to the end of your week with some moves left on Sunday? Let's say you're like Nils who asked that question that, look, I got a, a very full roster. Maybe someone on his team gets hurt. Maybe you only have one slot that you're really interested in streaming. You probably do get to Sunday with some stuff left. What do you do then? Is there a way to set yourself up going into next week? Because I know I haven't looked that far ahead, but you seem like the kind of person that probably has. Absolutely. I am the kind of person that does that. So as far as um, as far as setting yourself up for next week, there's there's a couple of things you can do. I, for one, have always been the type where uh, I do like to injury stash some players. So if I'm at the end of my week, I'm not really sure that I need to stream and I'm not really worried about next week yet. If I see on my waiver wire, there's a, you know, an injury uh, injured player like, let's say, uh, Bojan Bogdanovich, maybe a um, uh, name, another injured player, Trey Murphy. Uh, and I have the opportunity to pick them up and stash them without penalizing myself uh, for that week of competitive play, then I think that's something I would consider. If I'm looking at streaming, uh, then I'm probably looking at a team that's active on week four Monday because there's only four games that day. Um, so, I mean, really, if, if possible, I would probably be trying to get uh, one of the players from those teams. I think I named it earlier, but that's going to be Chicago, Milwaukee, New York, Oklahoma City and Washington uh, that are going to give you the best edge for the early part of next week. Um, next week, if possible, you should be uh, targeting uh, teams that are active on Monday and on Thursday in particular as the two weakest schedule uh, days. So if you do see that uh, you have a player that's potentially available that would be there for the 13th or for the uh, 16th, then I think it's worth picking them up a little bit early. All right. You are officially off the hook. Derek, 
Yeah, I know. Celebrate a little bit. <laughs> Folks listening didn't get to see the two-fisted pump there. Um, thank you as always, my man. I hope that uh, I'm I'm trying not to make you too uncomfortable here, but give it time. We've got a whole season to for me to weird you out. We we, we doing okay so far? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm loving every second of it. But we'll make it weird. I'm I'm, I'm not yeah. worried. I have faith. Yeah, let's get weird. He's Derek Ball. He's <laughs> at DBallBball on all social media platforms, including in our Discord, where if you have a fantasy pass, you can pick his brain whenever you like in the Ask the Pros thread. If you got questions about the week ahead piece, also in the fantasy pass, go check that out. You can hit us up uh, at Discord on social media. Derek, until next Monday, my good man. It was a pleasure. We got a few more things to cover here on the show before we wrap it up. We are not all the way done, but a big, big, big thank you, as always, to Derek Ball for taking the time on Monday afternoon to walk us through the week ahead, get us situated here, get us ready for some streaming. Also, it is pointed out to me by my good friend, the great Andre Lemos, that we do have a tool in our Fantasy Pass that can help you with streaming as well, and that is our daily projections engine available in the fantasy pass all of that again fantasy pass starts at just six bucks a month if you want to upgrade adding baseball and football you can do that with promo code ethos 246 that's only seven dollars a month so it's one buck more to add football and baseball to your fantasy pass between that engine that andre is talking about and all the information that derek just gave you for free on this show you're going to make the right choices on your streaming monday wednesday maybe even friday this week it is a very, very busy week uh, for overload days. By the way, a couple notes. Um, you heard the two-game weeks of the Cavs, the Blazers, and the Raptors. So if you're in a weekly format, this is the general rule. Weekly leagues, you start players with a two-game week that are top 50 or better. So on the Cavs, that's basically Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, uh, and Donovan Mitchell. Jared Allen would be sort of right on the cusp since he's still working his minutes all the way up to full tilt. So you might want to sit him in a two-gamer on the Blazers. That's DeAndre Ayton and maybe Shaden Sharp, but things can go south pretty quick up there. I think you could probably do it and get away with it. For the Raptors, you got a few of them. Scotty Barnes, two-game week is fine. Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi. I think those three guys. Uh, Schroeder. I do still think Schroeder takes a small step back, but if you're hunting assists, you could throw him out there. Probably not Jakob Pertle these days. Although with uh, Precious Achua out, he's kind of a maybe in that kind of targeting the top 50 zone as well. Let's go through some of the players that are game time calls right now because those are the folks also weekly leaguers are going to be struggling with. By the way, we just got news about uh, two to three minutes ago that Shea Gilgis-Alexander is available to play tonight. Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving are both in as well so really good news on the questionable tags right now i gotta say early in the year the questionable players are playing more often than not i don't know if that's the nba's push to get guys into more basketball games or if it's just that everybody knows the west is going to be a uh just a slug fest and so anytime you can get a damn win you gotta go try and get it either way Great news on that front. Shea, Luca, Kyrie, we're talking about, you know, a, a trio of top 15 guys in the NBA all ruled in as we're live on air here on this show. Um, if you have some questions, we're going to try to get to those in a minute. But in terms of players that are sort of the would you, won't you, Devin Booker is out for the Suns uh, for their ball game on Wednesday. 
We don't have a timetable for return on Booker, but it does sound like Bradley Beal is set to make his season debut on Friday. That's the target for Beal. That would be a two-game week. They're going to they're gonna load, uh, I don't want to say load manage, but they're going to minutes manage him a little bit, so I don't think that I would start Booker or Beal uh, this week, but it is good news at least that Beal's probably not too far away. Darren Fox is a no. Derek White was probable until a few moments ago. He just got ruled out for tonight, so my assumption is that he didn't get back from the birth of his second child in time to kind of get his conditioning right for the ballgame. I'd assume he's back by Wednesday. Then they go Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, and so that's more than enough for Derek White, who's been a top 20 fantasy play so far. Kristaps Porzingis is a game-time decision for tonight. Again, even if he doesn't play in this one, it's he's dealing with a sty in his eye. Presumably, they'll be able to treat that over the next couple of days. So I don't think you'd get any fewer than two games, probably closer to three, even three and a half, depending on the call later on this evening. They play at 5 o'clock, so it's not uh, right at lineup lock, but uh, a little bit later. So I think I'm probably a go on Porzingis this week. Keldon Johnson is a weird one. He's questionable with a sore left wrist. They play at four, so we'll have an idea of whether or not he's healthy this week in the next hour or so. Uh, then they go Wednesday, Friday, Sunday the rest of the week. He's been incredibly efficient so far, which is not something we expected after last year. If you've been rolling with a warm Keldon Johnson to this point, you probably continue to do so this week. Unless he's ruled out later tonight, then you might want to take uh, back off a little. Draymond Green is questionable in the back-to-back. Um, oh, Jimmy Butler is oh, probable, so he's fine. So you're keeping him in there. Draymond is questionable. Warriors go Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, I believe. Yeah, so um, I would start any Warriors that are uh, questionable or better. So Draymond is one of those guys. Um, Nick Claxton is out for the week, most likely. I would assume Devin Vassell is out for the week. Terry Rozier dealing with a groin strain. He's probably out for the week. We don't have that ruling yet, but I think that I would probably sit on him. Uh, Denny Avdia is questionable, but did participate in shoot-around, so we'll have more word on him here in the next minute or two. If he's out in a, a three-game week, I would probably try to find a four-gamer to start over him, but if he's in, he's been good enough to this point. Uh, Jamal Murray, strained hamstring. I'd assume they'd give him a week off. Robert Williams, dealing with a knee issue. I would assume they're going to give him at least a couple of games off, and they play only twice this week anyway. So he's a bench, and that probably takes us about as far as we need to go on these. Oh, well, Markel Fultz, he's already been ruled out for tonight. Magic have a good schedule this week. But they're now with him not playing, he's gone until Thursday. It's Thursday, Saturday. It's become a two-game week for him, so Fultz, I think, is a bench. And I think that's probably all the questions on the sit-start front for weekly leagues. And I think that means we can probably pivot over into the chat room and try to hit on the stuff that uh, I didn't want to use up Derek's time on. Freaky says, how low to buy Nick Claxton? Well, let's assume he's out another month. See if you can get him for an 80-90 range guy. Someone that doesn't want to sit on it. Now, the issue, of course, is can you afford to sit on Nick Claxton for a month? And the answer is, I don't know. Only you know that about your own team. Hi, would you trade Kyrie for Jamal Murray and Anthony Simons? I would not. This is a points points league? No, I want Kyrie. Give me the better player in most trades. Max Struess or Bruce Brown? I think we had this question earlier today. I'm going to lean Struess on this one, but it's very, very close. I don't know that it's going to make a... Massive difference in your team either way, but I like Struess uh, 
especially if any, literally anybody that takes shots and Cleveland goes down, he has a huge role. Uh, let's see. Trading DeAndre Ayton, Jordan Poole, Malcolm Brogdon. I would get Kyrie Irving, Franz, and pick up Christian Wood. Um, yes. Go. Uh, give me your punting threes, assists, and turnovers. Oh, so that's why DeAndre Ayton is good for this team. Um, I think I would go get Kyrie because then you can go spin Kyrie into someone better once we know Ayton's steals are going to come down from where they are right now. Look, I love DeAndre Ayton's start to the season. I have him in a couple of spots in teams where I needed badly field goal percent rebounds. But I'm also a pragmatist. I know this isn't going to last all year. Kyle Anderson or Karis LeVert rest of season. Also, CP3 to the bench or stay patient? I'm okay with benching CP3 in a games cap roto while we sort of sort out this Draymond Green thing, and then definitely Kyle Anderson over Karis LeVert. Struce, Bruce Brown, or Jalen Suggs? Uh, give me Suggs just to see what happens. Why not? Is Gafford a hold in 12-teamers? Yeah, we got to see what happens. He really hasn't been healthy for more than about a game and a half, and the Wizards keep getting blown out. So we, we legitimately haven't even seen what his role is going to be. Should I trade away Jalen Williams to get Jimmy Butler? Yes. Hard yes. No De'Aaron Fox and no Jamal Murray. Is Mike Conley a safe replacement for this week? Yeah, I mean, he's not going to get you what those guys did. Conley's not going to score anything like those dudes, but you're hoping for, you know, a dozen points, four to five to six assists in a good universe. There, There isn't really any replacing Fox and Jamal Murray in your lineup. Conley is at least a point guard, but significantly worse. Should I play both Kuzma and Tyus Jones against the Sixers, or are they going to get blown out? Every damn Wizards game seemingly is a blowout these days. Uh, Kuz has been good enough anyway. I think I'd probably play him and then just pray. Should I bench Walker Kessler until further notice? I think you could do that. I think you could do that. I'm okay with it. You're definitely not dropping, though. I traded Herb Jones for Tyus Jones, and I'm punting blocks. I'm hoping everything is going to be fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. Uh, should I drop Walker Kessler for Mitchell Robinson? If Robinson is on your waiver wire, he should definitely be added for someone. I think you got to hold on to Kessler. I don't know what your drop is going to be, but Mitchell Robinson is definitely a standard league guy. Um, where is he at this year? 126. That's just because he's shooting 41%. That's not going to hold. The other stuff is totally fine. Mitch Rob is definitely a, a 12-teamer. Would you drop Isaiah Stewart to pick up Robert Williams? So well, I don't know how injured Robert is, but yes, he's much better than Isaiah Stewart. So it's sort of it's like a soft yes. How would you order these players? Michael Porter Jr., Jeremy Grant, Brooke Lopez. Um, give me Michael Porter Jr. over Brooke Lopez over Jeremy Grant. And you could convince me to switch MPJ and Brooke Lopez, but Porter is off to a really good start this year, and so I'm kind of wondering if maybe last season. He just wasn't all the way healthy, uh, but he's he's looking great so far this season. LeBron and Brandon Ingram for Nikola Jokic. Who wins? Jokic side by a lot. Derek White was dropped in my 10-teamer. What? Lunacy. He's a top 20 player so far. What are these leagues? I want in. Do I drop Chris Paul, John Collins, Gordon Hayward, or Mitchell Robinson for him, if any? Uh... Literally any of the four you should drop for Derek White. But Mitchell Robinson is probably the safest drop. 
Um, yeesh, man. Yeah, Derek White needs to... He absolutely belongs on our team. I traded Kyle Kuzma for Austin Reeves. How's that? Um, That's fine. I don't think anybody's a big winner there. Oh, I should have done this one with... with uh, with Derek. Whoops. Start one today. Okongwu, Keegan Murray, or Mo Wagner with 3.0% as the extra cat. Give me Okongwu. Is Trey Young a buy low? I'm looking to send an offer of either Tyrese Maxey or Tyler Hero. If you can get Trey Young for Tyler Hero, you'd do it. Tyrese Maxey, Trey Young, I think is pretty fair. You're sort of hunting cats in that one. It's a nine cat league, so turnovers do matter here. Um, but I think those two guys come together a bit over the rest of this season. Hey, guys, in Yahoo, if I have a player in the IL who is now active, am I still able to offer trades, or will they disable it until they're back on my active roster? I actually don't know. Why don't you just try to do it? If it doesn't let you, then you got your answer. Would you consider activating Kyrie to start him while dropping DeAndre Hunter and losing on the two extra games while Mavericks play on all busy days? Yeah, I think I'd rather have Kyrie there. Do we start Kessler versus Vooch, or is it an Olenek situation for the Jazz? Honest to goodness, I just don't know. I think because the Jazz don't have a point guard, they're using Kelly Olenek more because they need a ball-moving big man right now. They need someone to help facilitate because they just don't have one, at least until anybody on that team figures it out. Like, Taylor Orton Tucker maybe figures it out at some point, but he's not Mike Conley, and so they just, like, they need non-ball stoppers to keep the offense from chunking up. That's part of it. So I might bench him. Kessler, that is. Should I start Goga Batadze or Walker Kessler today? Oh, I'm going to get this one wrong, aren't I? I'll go Kessler. I just, I have trouble believing in Batadze. He's also a weirdly low field goal percent big man. I know it didn't happen against the Lakers, but like, what are the odds he blocks five shots and has good numbers across the board again? Not great. Should I start Dyson Daniels or Jeremy Sohan tonight? I don't know. Probably Sohan. At least you're guaranteed to get minutes there. We don't know what the Pelicans are going to do exactly with McCollum out. Find out later on tonight. Would you trade Tyrese Halliburton and Andrew Wiggins to get LaMelo, Schroeder, and Smart? No. I have Rozier, Tari Eason, and Scoot Henderson. Would you drop one to stream or hang on? Aye, aye, aye. Hunting field goal percent. I'd probably drop Tari Eason to avoid taking a bunch of L's. It's hard to justify stashing two young guys. Scoot a rook, Eason a second year. Scoot, you got to hold on to because at some point this season, he'll start to figure out the NBA. He's got to get healthy first to do it, but then he'll have probably a strong finish. Eason is going to be, you know, rebounds, field goal percent, steals, that kind of thing. And if you're punting field goal percent, I don't know that you can take zeros. I don't know that you can justify taking zeros to hold on to these that those two guys even. I can only start two today out of Sohan, Melton, Wagner, Mo Wagner, and Marcus Sasser. Yeesh. You need a DFS expert for this question. I'm probably going to Anthony Melton and Marcus Sasser. But I may live to regret it. Do I trade Derek Lively and Andrew Wiggins for Aaron Gordon? No. Uh, Aaron Gordon's off to a really good start this year, and he's still number 96. 
because he doesn't make free throws. His defensive stats are likely to come down. Yeah, I think I'd rather just wait and see what Derek Lively becomes. Is Kyrie going to just play off ball and stand in the corner all season and Luca with the ball in his hands 90% of the time? Nah, man, they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. Also, by the way, it's worth pointing out that as quiet as it seems like Kyrie has been, he's number 27 in Dinecat right now. And that's with his shot not dropping. And he's taking 18 shots a game, even when it seems like he's not all that heavily involved. How are you doing in your leagues, Dan? I don't know. <laughs> We're just getting started. Um, I'm in three head-to-head cash leagues. And one of them is at, was at a huge games disadvantage the first couple weeks and is like two or three games under 500. One of them is 13 and 4. Five, that one's in good place. And the other one is like 10 and 8. So that one's doing fine. Um, Roto leagues are all over the map because I sometimes play guys. I sometimes don't. I often lag behind. I feel relatively good about like a solid 80% of the Roto leagues. Um, I'll know more in about two more weeks. How's that? Thoughts on Kelly Oubre? I'm going to continue to start him until they give me a reason not to. Do I start Clint Capella in a games cap format? I think the answer is probably yes, but, I mean, has he been worse than I realized? No, he's number 57 right now. Yeah, you're starting Capella. Have you shared what ESPN is doing with extra game in season tourney? Um, it doesn't count. The championship game does not count towards fantasy. It's not a, it's not a legitimate game. It's like an exhibition, basically. Thoughts on Dorian Finney-Smith? Uh, I like him. Nick Claxton is likely out a few more weeks with a high ankle sprain. And uh, Dorian Finney-Smith has been a terrific fill-in for Claxton. He's number 81 on the season um, without really getting any defensive stats. So if those come around even the tiniest bit, he could even be a little bit higher than that. Um, I have absolutely no problem with rolling with DFS until, uh, until Claxton comes back. Who are you guys dropping for the other in a 12-team points league? Jeremy Sohan or Xavier Tillman? I'm dropping Tillman out of those two guys. Nice Ace Ventura t-shirt. Thanks, man. Yeah. So this was, I don't even remember, this was like the business card he had. I love this shirt. I just got it last week. And it fits nice. It's soft, man. This is a soft shirt. I do an ad for Tee Public. Tee Public! Please come sponsor the podcast. Anybody out there watching or listening affiliated in any way with tpublic.com, I would love to have them as a sponsor because I'm wearing the crap out of their t-shirts on this show. Not sure if you've been asked before, but thoughts on Horford while the Celtics are healthy. Yeah, when he's when they're healthy, he's not playable. But it does seem like now with Derek White getting ruled out tonight, we might get one more Al Horford spot start, which brings me great joy because you guys know I love Al Horford. But look, again, pragmatist, you can't play him when they're healthy. But when he starts, worth a look. Should I trade Siakam for Michael Porter Jr. in a points league? No, you should not. You should go the other way around, though. Use Michael Porter to try to get Siakam. It's a buy low, sell high. Someone dropped Emmanuel quickly. Would you rather roster him or use the spot to stream? I would rather use that spot to stream. It just doesn't seem like quickly, unless Brunson goes down, I, I can't see quickly being better than about 130 range. And just too many bodies in the way. Just too many bodies in the way. All right. Um, we all caught up? Yeah, we're all caught up. Great work, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This was your weekly preview show for week three. Again, a big thank you to Derek Ball 
I forgot to tell you guys to please like, rate, subscribe, all that good stuff on your way out. Find me on social media at Dan Basbris. And also, hey, grab the oven mitts because this news is too hot to handle. As we feast our way through mountains of mashed potatoes and cranberry sauce, let's chat about the unsung hero of the holiday season, the Manscaped Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. That's right. It's time to say goodbye to your man's old razor and make sure he's smooth as the pumpkins on the doorstep. Hop on over to manscaped.com and use promo code ETHOS20 to get 20% off and free shipping on your order. Get ready. Oh my God, I'm going to say it. I'm going to do it. Get ready for your man to gobble, wobble, and glide his way through thankful season with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. Yeah, I did it. Yeah, I did it. Anyway, it's time for me to get cleaned up also. I got to get my lawnmower 5.0 charged up, and I'm going to start doing it live on air one of these days. So again, head on over to manscaped.com. Use promo code ETHOS20 to get 20% off and free shipping on your order. Again, that is ETHOS20. 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. ETHOS20. Be thankful this holiday season for the best gift of all from Manscaped. Dig it. Can you dig it? I can dig it. All right, everybody, good luck this week. Get those lineups set. I need to go handle my own, actually, as I get off this pod. Two show Monday in the books. Tomorrow uh, should be, I think we're talking to Raphael Johnson tomorrow. I, I screwed up the scheduling last week, and I'm hoping we can get him on here to, to break down some early season reactions. That'll be fun if I can make sure that I don't muck up the scheduling again. All right, again, like, rate, subscribe, all that stuff on the way out. We'll see you guys over on social at Dan Bespers, at D-Ball, B-Ball, if you want to hit up Derek for questions about the week ahead. Later. Later.